God is so good. And uh, again, thank you everybody for uh, all your help this last week and, and even prior to that. A lot of stuff's gone in, a lot of time, energies, efforts, a lot of uh, gifts and uh, giving. And we just appreciate all that. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. Let's go to the book of Matthew today. Praise the Lord. Did you come to, come to receive today? I said, did you come to receive today? All right. You got a purpose to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to go, Matthew 6 is where we're going to go. Matthew 6 and verse 5. We're going to talk about prayer today, about having a personal prayer life. Hallelujah. How many know we're all called to have a personal prayer life? That was pretty weak. Amen. Uh, you know, I know that uh, a lot of times, you know, you, at least you find out, you know, I just assumed every, all Christians pray, but then I wasn't into this too long and figured out not every Christian prays. Uh, we don't say that as a condemning statement. It's just sometimes there's a lot of things that get in the way of it. Uh, you know, sometimes maybe, uh, uh, you know, intimidation, uh, maybe insecurity, fear, shame, guilt, you know, it could be a lot of different things. Sometimes uh, time restraints, uh, things like that that kind of get in the way, but uh, what I try to do, um, you know, at, at least every year, take some time and just kind of talk about some of the, uh, the simple fundamentals of prayer. Um, you know, there's a lot of different type of prayer. Ephesians uh, uh, 6 brings out that, that talks about praying with all manner of prayer, supplicating in the spirit, you know, with all manner of prayer. I think it actually the Amplified says with all manner of prayer. Uh, but the point is, is there's all types of prayer in, uh, that are listed in the scriptures. Um, there's the prayer of faith, there's prayer of agreement, uh, there's supplication, there's intercession, there's travail, praying in the Spirit. We're, we could probably take time and probably minister a week on every one of these and what the Scripture has to say about it. But I'm just basically going to talk about the, the simple fundamentals of prayer, a personal prayer life. Um, years ago, um, probably now 30-some years ago, I don't know how many it was now, but uh, I had the privilege of... of uh, sitting under some teaching of uh, a minister that, that had a, a prayer life and uh, just little simple things that were added and, and encouraged me to get with it when it came time to prayer, to not just uh, be somebody that's sidelined or somebody that's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, waiting to, uh, for something to, to, ha- to happen, to just get involved, to be a part of it, praise God. And uh, so it helped me, um, it stirred me, and uh, as a result of it, praise God, 30-some years later, uh, it's a daily thing for me. Um, it just, it's what changed my life, or one of the things that changed my life, praise God. And so I feel like as uh, a good pastor, he probably should encourage his people to do the same thing. So every year, at least every year, or maybe, I don't know how many months we, I don't necessarily have it scheduled out or anything, but just every year I try to at least take some time and encourage uh, you all to, uh, to maintain a personal prayer life. Amen? Amen? We appreciate those that come out uh, to corporate prayer. Uh, we do have all through the week all kinds of different times and things that go on with corporate prayer. Appreciate that. Um, but how many know we all should also maintain a personal prayer life? Amen. Amen? And I'm not just talking about now I lay me down to sleep prayers. Oh, well, that's fine, too. You know, you might pray over your little ones as they're, uh, you know, bedding down or whatever. And, and I'm not just talking about bless my food, Lord. Come on, although you probably should bless your food. But we're talking about maintaining a personal prayer life. And it doesn't, it's not complicated. Amen. And it's not hard. Come on. It's, it's actually a simple thing. And if you will begin to do it, I guarantee you, if you do it right, you'll enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, you'll do it more. It becomes in a daily thing. So I just uh, want to just share the things that the Spirit of God showed me uh, so many years back, and just every year, uh, you know, it stirs come some fresh revelation about it. So, okay, back to Matthew 6, verse 5. When you pray, look at your neighbor and say, when you pray. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor again and say, I guess that means I have to pray. Hallelujah. And when you pray, uh, you shall not be like uh, the hypocrites, or pretenders is what that word means, uh, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, and th- uh, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, look at your neighbor and say, see, I told you. 
Hallelujah. When you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father uh, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, you think he's trying to get something to us. Come on. And when you pray, verse 7, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they uh, will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of uh, before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. How many know this? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Of course, uh, uh, the Lord's prayer is referred to. Praise God. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of, a lot of ministries, uh, a lot of different types of churches, different denominations, uh, you know, do it different, of course. Some of them, every, every service, they somewhere in the midst of their service, they're going to say the Lord's Prayer, and, and uh, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but uh, I've, I've come to find out that it's not really just about uh, praying it word for word. It's about an outline. It's about how and what, uh, you know, the fundamentals, or we could say maybe the components in this place, the components of what makes prayer work. Amen. How many know if you're going to pray, you might as well get some results? Let's try that one more time. If you're going to pray, you might as well get results. Look at your neighbors. I want results. Tell them that, right? I want results, praise God. All right, and so uh, we're going to back up here and kind of just, uh, you know, do it like we normally do around here. We're going to dissect a few things, praise God, and uh, redefine, look at some definitions and things like that. Uh, verse 5, and when you pray... Uh, you know, uh, again, he's trying to talk about us praying. We have to pray. How I many know prayer is uh, uh, sometimes referred to it as like a two-way street? Uh, you know, it's communion with the Father. How I many know Jesus made a way so you always have access to the Father? Amen. Let's try that one more time. Jesus made a way so you always have access to the Father. Amen. Always. Always. You know, last week Trudy uh, ministered uh, talking about our covenant. We did uh, uh, the Lord's uh, uh, supper, praise God, and uh, the, the, the elements, the communion elements, and she explained that and talked a lot about covenant. And Jesus paid a price, amen, hallelujah, so you could have be a part of a better covenant established on better promises. And one of those promises, praise God, is that you always have access to the Father, even if you've blown it. And we've all been there. And so what happens a lot of times, because, uh, you know, if, we don't, if, we're not, if we're not aware of that, we have a tendency due to shame or guilt or, uh, you know, insecurity, whatever, some form of fear. Maybe we can name it all kinds of things. But the bottom line is it keeps people sometimes away from, uh, you know, coming into the presence of God and communing with God because, uh, because we know ourselves, our shortcomings, our issues. And you have to understand that God, that, that the Father sent the Son, amen, to pay a price, amen, and one of those benefits, amen, I said one of those benefits is that you will always have access to the Father. If you've blown it, you don't run from God, you run to God. Amen. Well, that's one of your benefits, praise God. Go to God because your help is in Him, praise God. So it says, when you pray, praise God, you shall not be like hypocrites. You know, you could be like a hypocrite, couldn't you? Are you with me? Now, this word here, hypocrite, you might see a cross-reference as a pretender. Now, let me explain it here in a minute. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, uh, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. So what he's talking about here is not just doing something, uh, you know, with, with some kind of pretend or some, you know, hypocrisy is not about the fact that you made a mistake. Hypocrisy is about making a mistake and telling everybody you haven't. Are you with me? See, it's not about making a mistake. See, a lot of times people say, well, you know, in them churches, they're nothing but hypocrites. Well, just because somebody makes a mistake, don't make them a hypocrite. It's when they're acting like they've never made a mistake. Come on now. And so the point I'm trying to bring out here is he's talking about you can have a prayer life that just makes you nothing but a hypocrite. Well, why is that? Well, there's no life to it. 
And so a lot of times, you know, people might just sit down and they just have a little thing they, they mumble out or they do or whatever it may be. And again, we're not here to condemn anybody, but we're trying to give you some insight here. Uh, it's about having, it's about having some, some life in it. Amen. In fact, James 5 and verse 16 it says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Everybody say effectual fervent prayer. How many know we're supposed to be fervent? That just means to have some heartfelt, amen, have some energy, have some, have some of you in this. When we begin to pray, here's a big key. Have some of you in it. Put your heart into it a little bit. Now, I understand, you know, sometimes you come down and you see, you know, us sometimes with the corporate prayer, we kind of get after it and, and we're not necessarily quiet. Come on. And I'm not saying everybody has to pray that way, but I just felt, you know, when it comes time to personal prayer life, you know, however you do it, amen, whether you're, you like to be uh, somewhat quiet or you, you like to, uh, you know, whether you're loud, whether you march. I used to, when I started, I used to march when I prayed. And, I, you know, now I have a house that I got an area I can actually do a circle. All right, whatever. But anyway, the point is, uh, you know, I used to be do that. Now I have this chair that's, uh, that's my chair. Amen. That's my prayer chair. And about four every morning, that's where I'm at. You can find me in my chair. Come on. Whatever works. See, we're not telling you have, how you have to do it. We're just saying if you're going to do it, put some of you in it. Amen. Have some fervency about yourself. Have a, little bit of, have a little bit of you in it. It's okay to be okay and honest and open with God. Are you still with me? Sometimes, you know, we just, it's just that we sit down and we think everything has to be so rigid. No, it don't have to be rigid. It has to have some of you in it because it's about communion with him. See, prayer is about, it's about communion with heaven and it's about dominion on planet earth. All right, and we're going to see that here as we get into this. But the bottom line is it starts first with some, it starts with, with some communion with God. Amen. So have some, have some life to it, praise God. Begin to talk to the Father. Begin to, amen, begin to open up to the Father. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. It ought to have some of you in it. Amen. I mean, the Father wants to hear from you. I mean, if you stop and you think about it, you know, uh, you know, if a you know, child comes home from school or a husband, whatever, or a family member comes back from work or whatever, and, you know, you'd, you, you don't want them just to sit down. Hi, how are you? So glad to see you. The next day, hi, how are you? So glad to see you. Come on, somebody. There's something about when there's some life to it. Come on. There needs to be some of you in this thing, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, it needs to be a little bit fervent. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. It starts with some sincerity. It starts with showing some depth, being wholehearted, being heartfelt, praise God. Hallelujah. And if you'll do that, I guarantee you that's a good start right there. Are you still with me? Now, I'm just talking about things that work. And I guarantee you if you put a little bit of you in it, you'll find that it gets more and more fun every time. Hallelujah. The next verse, praise God, it says this, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who, is in, uh, who sees in secret will reward you openly. And bottom line, it's not necessary that everybody has to have a closet. It just talks about find a place, amen, without a bunch of distractions. Amen. Now, some people say, well, I always pray when I go to work or on the way to work or something. Well, that's, that's great. You probably should if you're driving out in them roads. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We're not taken away from that. That's wonderful. But, you, but I have found, you know, somewhere along the line, there needs to part, be a part of your, uh, your prayer life, amen, that you're literally uh, set aside everything else, no distractions. Somewhere, it, it just, it's just important, amen, to have uh, time with God. In fact, the scripture says in uh, Psalms 91, if you could put that up on the board, please, uh, Psalms 91. It says that uh, he who dwells in the secret place. Everybody say the secret place. The secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then it goes on, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Amen. But coming into the secret place. Okay, so what is that? Well, it's about, uh, it's about being without distractions. Amen. The first part was talking about fervency, but I like to say the second part is about being focused. If you're going to have a prayer life, somewhere along the line, you've got to have a time where you're focused. Are you with me? Come on now. Listen, I've found most Christians don't pray. And there's just little reasons, a lot of reasons, but, 
But it's time that we become a people that pray and communicate with our God. Even if you, even if you can just find you know, 10, 15 minutes, just get quiet with God. I love it when it's dark. That's me. I love it when I get up in the morning, it's dark. So people say, well, I don't get up that early. That's fine. Whatever. I, I like to do my praying at night. Well, praise the Lord. Okay. Well, I, I like to, you know, I have a room that I go into. Praise the Lord. Well, I have a chair that I go to. Praise the Lord. Amen. The idea is to get yourself to a place where you got a, 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 a sense of, uh, you know, where you can get focused. Amen. So that you, you know, if you're going to communicate with God, remember, it's a two-way street. God wants to also communicate with you. But if you're distracted with everything, sometimes then you don't hear nothing. And you might, you might, you might just kind of say your normal thing and, and, uh, and, and then move on and not really get much results. And so I'm talking about somewhere along the line, you got to have a time in your personal prayer life where you can get focused, where you can just literally shut everything out. And that's what he's talking about by going into that room, that place. Shut that door behind you. Get yourself uh, where nothing out there is distracting you. Did I lose you on the second part already? Come on now. I'm just, I'm serious because somewhere along the line, everything's going to pull at you. Okay, I got laundry. I got dishes. I got to go to work. I got kids. I got this. I got that. Somebody, and, and everybody's got, uh, you know, some reason or some excuse. And I'm not saying that it's a, you know, I'm not saying that you don't have responsibilities and things you're accountable for. We're not taking away from any of that. We're just saying somewhere along the line, if you want this thing to work, part of this is you got to have some time where you can get focused. Amen. And not allow everything else to pull at you. The reason I like it, a little more dark, is once the light comes, you know, things start coming up, pretty soon I start noticing what needs to get done, what needs to be finished, what needs to be, or the phone starts ringing. Come on. So I find if I'm, for me, I found morning works best for me. All right. And so, uh, you know, you don't have to do it like I do it. I'm just giving you just some, some quick Basic, simple principles that work if you want your prayer life to be successful. So the first part, there's got to be some fervency. There's got to be some of you in this. There's got to be some heartfelt. Amen. Hallelujah. Second one, you got to get yourself focused. You know, there's got to be some time in there where you're focused. Are you still with me? Let's go to verse 7 here. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Amen. Now, I just put free flowing for this. And the reason I've been is that, you know, I always get a little amazed because, um, you know, people talk, the Scripture talks about to not be, you know, use vain repetition or be repetitious, and then they turn around and they're repetitious. That's going to make sense here because a lot of times when people do the Lord's Prayer, they just say, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us a day our daily bread, and forgive us. And they, that's the way they just go. They just, and then pretty soon they get done, they go, okay, I prayed. But you were, you were being repetitious. There was no heart in it. Come on, somebody. Come on, you weren't, fo- you, just, you just, maybe you had something memorized and you shot that out your mouth real quick and you could pray and say the Lord's Prayer in 22 seconds. So they'd say, whoa, got her done in 20. Amen. There's nothing wrong with saying the Lord's Prayer. Scripture, praise God. But, but see, what happens, you're losing sight of, of the fact that there's no, there's no heart, nothing heartfelt behind that. Come on, somebody. You're not really focused. There's really no two-way thing going on. It's just something you shout out your mouth, some repetition. Come on, somebody. And we're not called to be repetitious. See, if there's heart, something heartfelt behind it, you're not going to be repetitious. Every prayer time is different. Now, you might use your basic outline, as we're going to see here in a few minutes, amen, but the bottom line is, amen, every time it's different, it's fresh, it's, it's vibrant, praise God. Hallelujah, there's, there's something different. The Spirit of God begins to deposit things and talk things, and all of a sudden you find yourself going down a different road and praying this and praying that, praise God. Are you with me? I want my prayer time to work. All right? Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Let's give you a reference on, on this. Put uh, Luke 18. One up there, if you will, praise God. Now, of course, in context, it's talking about a parable of the persistent uh, uh, widow, the one that uh, went to, kept uh, talking, kept praying, kept wanting, and, and because of her persistence, she got her way, praise God. But, but the, the verse that starts it, this is verse 1 here, 18.1, and he who spoke, or pardon me, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Amen. And again, it was talking about this persistence, staying with it. So we're called to be persistent. We're just not called to be repetitious. Are you still with me? 
I mean, we ought to always pray and not lose heart. Don't get, grow faint and discouraged. And, and somebody said, well, I prayed one time and it didn't work. Well, you stay at it. And pretty soon, as you do that, pretty soon, if you, uh, these kind of things, you've got some, some life uh, coming out of you. Praise God. There's some, some heartfelt thing coming out. Amen. You stay focused, and pretty soon the Spirit of God begins to communicate. All of a sudden, you've got an ear now. It's tuned in. Praise God. The antenna went all the way up. Hallelujah. I'm picking up something. Hallelujah. God's talking. Praise God. And all of a sudden, man, you've got clarity, you've got direction. Now we know where to go, what to do, how to pray, what to say. Prayer's fun. Time with God's fun. Presence is fun. Hallelujah. Free flowing. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Just go ahead. I just kind of threw a couple references here, but uh, it says that uh, He leads us in all triumph. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. How does He do that? How does he lead us? Jesus said, Jesus said, I can't of myself do nothing. But as I see it, I do it. As I hear it, I say it. When did he do all that? When did he see all that? When did he hear all that? In prayer. Every day. He had that time away. Every day God showed him things, said things to him, revealed things to him. Praise God. And he leads us in triumph. You want triumph? I love triumph. I love to win. I'm competitive. Somebody says, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Says the guy that never wins. Now, I get the point. Don't walk out of here all mad at me. But the bottom line is, praise God, I'm, I'm competitive. I like, I like to be triumphant. I like to, I like to be in the right place at the right time. I like to say the right words. I hate it when I say something. I go, oh, my gosh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? How come I was acting so stupid? How come every time I'm, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Well, I found when you get with God, you spend some time with God, He begins to show you things, begins to reveal things, praise God. All of a sudden, praise God, He begins to lead you in triumph. How many believe Jesus was triumphant? I believe everything He did worked. And everybody says, well, that's because he's Jesus. No, it's because he prayed. Because he got, he, he heard and he saw things. And so he would, the day then he would walk those things out. How did he know to go in to the pool of Bethesda and minister to one person? And even in the midst of their little bit of, you know, what about this and excuses, he said, rise up and walk, take your bed with you, go home. And then he walked back out, even though the pool was surrounded by sick people. But he went in and ministered to one person. You notice he didn't always walk on the water. Sometimes he actually rode in the boat. Anybody hearing me? He didn't raise every dead person. He didn't heal every blind eye. He didn't spit on the ground, roll mud balls, and smear it on every blind guy. But he did on some. So he said, well, I thought he healed them all. There were times he'd go into a certain area and he healed them all. And there were times he'd go in, minister to one person, walk back out. How did he know all those things? He was led. He was led. Okay? And it starts with a prayer life. It starts with tuning in, amen, with some heartfelt time with God. You and him communing, praise God, being focused and being free-flowing, praise God. Not just repetitious, but praise God, being led, praise God. Hallelujah, as God walks you through all this, praying this, praying that, declaring this, declaring that. As a result of it, praise God, there's some life that comes. There's some results that come. And bless God, you'll be grateful to go do it again the next day. Can I hear a big amen? Give God praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about this uh, verse 8 here? Therefore, uh, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. Now, I've had a lot of people say, well, if God knows what I have need of, why don't you just do it? Because He said you got to ask. 
In fact, if you kind of flip that verse, you ask because he knows what you have need of. That's kind of how this works, okay? So you begin to ask, put it before God, amen? Sometimes you got a, a promise of God that you're standing on. In fact, I put First uh, John, I think that's what I put for that one, First John 5. Uh, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, what's his will? The word of God. Do you know that you can know the will of God? Come on, the word says don't be unwise, but understand what the will of God is, amen, or Ephesians 5. So be com- this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. That's necessary. This is the confidence that we have in him. And if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now, the reason I, I use that verse, because part of your prayer life here, you know, is, is the fact of, you know, it's got to be faith-based. So if you're going to God, you're praying, praise God. You're asking uh, Him of something you want to know, praise God. You are asking according to His Word. Right? Somebody says, well, you know, what do I ask? Well, what's the Word say about it? What are you believing for? Is anybody hearing me? What are you believing for? Well, I'm believing for healing. Okay, so go find some promises about the Word of God. Amen. And then you begin to talk to the Lord. Declare the Word. Ask Him, Lord God, according to your Word. Praise God. Your Word says that by your stripes I'm healed. So I thank you right now. There's wholeness in my body. I thank you right now from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm well and whole. Or you're praying for your loved one. I thank you, Lord God, they're well and whole. Or, Lord God, I need wisdom. Praise God. Your Word says you fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you for wisdom and spiritual understanding. Praise God. What are you doing? I'm asking according to his will. Amen. Praise God. All of a sudden, praise God. Because of your faith-based prayer, because you're praying the word of God, all of a sudden you get results. Instead of sitting around going, gosh, I wish God would just do something. Are you still with me? Now, a lot of Christians are doing that. And then they wonder why God don't do nothing. And then they're upset because God somehow overlooked them or forgot about them or or somehow God just, you know, maybe forgot that I was born. No, no, there's just, there's, there's a way it works. And it's not hard, it's not complicated. Do you know you can actually take your Bible to prayer? I would recommend it. Why? Because sometimes you don't know. You might say, well, okay, what's the, what's the promise on that? Well, I see. The Word says this in this verse right here. Okay. Lord, I'm now looking at your Word, and your Word says this. So, Lord, I'm, I'm speaking that Word right there, that promise, and I'm asking you for it right now in Jesus' name. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen? So it needs, to, it needs to come from the Word. It needs to be faith-based. So it needs to, be, needs to be, have some fervency about it. It needs to have some heartfelt uh, you know, some of you in it. It's got to be focused. Come on, right? It's got to be free-flowing. There's got to be a, a part of you, praise God, that's okay to let God kind of lead you through it, free-flowing, and it needs to be faith-based. It's got to have some word in it. it just, I'm just telling you what works. Are you with me? I'm telling you what works, and it's not complicated. Now, granted, I'm pre-starting for a half hour, but I guarantee you all that little right there, it's just something that you just kind of, Kind of feed in there as you're praying. Are you with me? Now let's get to the prayer. Okay, so what's the next verse? Let me get to it again. I shut my Bible. Why did I do that? Okay, verse, what do we got? Verse 9. Okay, now he says, in this manner, pray. Okay, so now he's going to give you something. In fact, uh, in, in Luke's account, uh, he says this. The, the disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, so he started, he, he, he quoted this. In fact, you know, somebody said, well, that's why i got to quote that. Well, which one are you going to quote? Are you going to quote the one out of Luke or are you going to quote the one out of Matthew? Somebody said, what do you mean? Well, I mean, if it's, just, if it's just that he wants you just to quote this, then which one do you quote? See, he's not, he's not just giving you something to, to be repetitious about. He's giving you kind of an outline, all right? So here we go. Okay, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, how many know your Father's in heaven? Hallelujah. And we need to give, we need to hallow his name or bless him, honor him, give honor, give thanks, praise God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, praise God. 
Now it starts, every time prayer, if you want to start it right, you start it with right here, this, amen, this vertical thing. Connect with him, amen. Now it's all the, here's the components of it. You start first honoring him, start thanking him, start blessing him. That is not hard. There's nothing complicated about that. You just begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to praise you. I want to let you know you're my all in all. I just want to tell you, God, I love you. Hallelujah. So you got, you got some of you going into it. Amen. It's you and him. You're focused, free-flowing, faith-based. And it just starts. That's where it all starts. I mean, when I first got into this, they talked about the redemptive names. Uh, that was kind of how it, they, they kind of presented it. You bring out, you know, who is God to you? See, somebody said, well, I just don't know what to say. Well, who is God to you? Jesus even said in Matthew 16, he says, you know, what's the word out there? Well, some say this, some say that, some say this, some say this, but, 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 who am I to you? Because that's what matters. So who is, who, is, who is he to you? Well, he's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my provider. Well, I just want to thank you, Lord. I want to bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're my provider. You're my deliverer. Praise God. You're my strong tower. You're my strength. Hallelujah. You are my salvation. You are my joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we just got started. We're in it both barrels, baby. Right? Well, I told you about redemptive names. I wrote some down here. There's about 20 of them. But Jehovah Jireh. Now, if you're, a, if you're a Hebrew scholar, I'm sure I'm butchering the words. But the point is, get it. That's all. Okay, right? Amen. Whether you pronounce it totally right or not, but Jehovah Jireh means the Lord who provides. Jehovah Roth, the Lord that heals. Praise God. Jehovah Nissi, he's our banner, our victory. He's Jehovah Mekadesh, our sanctifier. Praise God, the one that makes you different. He's uh, Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. Hallelujah. He's the one that made you right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Huh? Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who's present. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd, and I shall not lack. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jehovah, or pardon me, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the breasty one. Hallelujah. The one who's more than enough. Elohim, the most high, the supreme one, Elohim, the everlasting one, Elohim, the strong and faithful one, Elrohi, the God who oversees it, who sees it all, El Nasa, hallelujah, the God who forgives, glory to God. He forgives. Come on, I am that I am. In other words, he's all that you need him to be when you need him to be it. He's Bob Perezim, the master of breakthroughs. He knows a thousand ways to bring that thing around. And you thought prayer was boring. What's wrong with you? Now that we just got started. But I'm just saying there's so many. You can go a hundred ways, a thousand ways with this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Blessed be your name. I want to thank you and honor you for who you are, what you've done. Amen. That's just where it begins. And then it talks about, uh, you know, his kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom, your rule, your reign, your realm. Hallelujah. Now it's all about really uh, about taking dominion here now. Remember, prayer is about, is about you know, this, this uh, vertical communion with heaven. And it's also about a horizontal this, uh, you know, uh, dominion on earth. See, prayer is about getting things done. It's not just about communion, although that's the key, and that's where it starts and how it ends, as we're going to see here in a minute. But right here, you got to take care of business. He gave authority and dominion to you. Amen. And every day you could take authority over things concerning your household, your health, your finance, hallelujah, your marriage, uh, your kids. Praise God. Pray over your pastor. Uh, like I said, pray over your pastor. You know, don't just go, what's that guy doing? What's his problem? Say, Lord, pray, I pray for that man. 
Come on. It's about getting some things done. It's about getting your business done. It's about turning things, changing things. Uh, it's about addressing things. It's about telling the devil to get off your back. Get out of your business. Get out of your home. Back off, devil. It's about taking dominion. Why? Because you got a God you've already begun to tell him, he's my deliverer, he's my provider, he's my healer. Whew. Am I boring you? About invoking his will, praise God. Jesus said, not my will, Matthew 26, said, not my will, but your will be done. I ain't here just about my own business. It's about, it's about, man, following you. So keep that in mind. When we're praying, invoking the kingdom of God, your will be done on earth. Amen. First and foremost, that's why you want to be, you want to have your catchers out. You want to be in tune because he might start talking to you about some of these things. You begin to address something about your finance or something about your health, and the Spirit of God will say, pray this. Speak this. He might bring one, you know, with a word. With a word, he cast out devils. With a word. With a word. You just got to get the right word. So the Spirit of God sometimes will give you a word. Say this. Boom, you say that. And all of a sudden, everything shifts in the unseen. And all of a sudden, then it begins to move and change things in the seen realm. Listen, there's nothing boring about prayer. Darkness has to bow the knee to a child of God. If a child of God will stand up in their authority and their dominion. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you ever just kind of thought about that verse? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. You know, there's a lot of stuff we're putting up with that ain't heaven. It's not there. When you get there, you go, whoa, I feel lighter. Nothing's bogging me down. Nothing's pulling at me and, and tripping me up and making me feel bad and sad and mad and whatever the stuff, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's like, man, you get here and everything's just different. It's just different atmosphere. It's just everything's different. You say, well, that's heaven. But he said, on earth, as it is in heaven, on earth. So there's things, praise God, that you're doing. You're saying, your kingdom come, your rule, your reign, your realm loose on earth. As it is in heaven, praise God. Right here in my house. Right here in my church. Right here in my car. Right here in my garage. Right here in my man cave. Whew. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get with it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it starts talking about, you know, invoking the will, right, in different areas. Give us this day our daily bread. All right? Um, some of the translations here uh, says that we acknowledge you as our provision or provider in all that we need each day. I think that's the passion, I think, on that one. But the bottom line is he's talking about God wants to meet your needs. So God's your provider. God wants to meet your needs daily. Everybody say daily. He daily loads us with his benefits. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll receive it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your promise of provision. Hallelujah. I give, and I know it comes back, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto me. I thank you, Lord. I'm a tither. The windows of heaven kicking open. Praise God. Pouring out such blessing. Hallelujah. It overtakes me. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Overtake me. Hallelujah. The devil's bound. Hallelujah. He's rebuked for my sake. Hallelujah. He will not steal from my fields. He will not take my increase. Take my profit. You foul devil. Get gives us this day our daily bread. Just something different. See, I don't think he just meant if you just, just quote that and then move on with your day. 
Now, granted, there's nothing wrong with quoting it. Obviously, it's the word, and it has life to it. But the bottom line, he's trying to show you, praise God. He wants to meet your needs. If your needs ain't met, let's get them met. If the bills ain't getting paid, let's get them paid. If the debt ain't gone, let's get it gone, praise God. And there's ways to do it. It's not just in our giving in some of those areas. Some of it, praise God, has to do with your confession, standing on your ground, taking dominion, taking authority. Because sometimes you've done the right thing. Sometimes you've done the right thing. He just needs you, man, and I just kind of push it on through. Sometimes you've done the right thing. But the enemy is such a thief. He's a manipulator, a deceiver. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. And if you don't know that or you don't take your stand or take dominion, he just, even though you've done things right, he still tries to sneak in there and steal. So that's why sometimes prayer is so important because it's like you're just kind of making it happen in the unseen. Taking your place, praise God. He gives us uh, this day our daily bread. Look at your neighbor and say, He provides. He forgives our debts as we forgive uh, our debtors. Some say even mistakes, sins, okay? Uh, sometimes some people stand on that for the debts as far as financial debts, I guess. Uh, you can. But most of your, you know, when you're looking at it, talking about things that you've done wrong, the mistakes that you made. Forgive us our debts. So what's that about? First one was kind of about a provision, but this one's about consecration. That's the cool thing about prayer. Going to prayer. And all of a sudden, man, you're talking to God, and you know, you see, that's why if you made a mistake, you go to God. You just go to God, and you go, God, I really blew it yesterday, or blew it this morning, or whatever. And the Spirit of God goes, yeah, I know. But He never leaves you that way. See, God says, that's, you know, you, what you've done is you've, you've released it, you've confessed it, but then He talks to you about, okay, now, not only are we going to kind of work on you a little bit, I need you to understand that you, I'm working on that other person too a little bit. So, so get off their back. Let them alone. See, you know, if you want that kind of, you know, work done on you, you've got you to be willing to release somebody else and let God work on them too. Somebody said, well, you had to go and bring that up. Yep. But it happens in prayer. You get there, and it's amazing how the grace of God's there to empower you. And all of a sudden, you go, Lord, I release them. And it's like all of a sudden, it's like it's gone. It's like, praise God, you know. So there's, there's, there's just something that begins this, this work, this consecration, this, this changing you and rearranging you and, and kind of, you know, setting you aside and changing this area of a little bit and this area a little bit and this area shines you up a little more. What are you doing? Going from glory to glory. How's that happen? Spend a little time with the one that will shine you up. And pretty soon you'll be shiny. Right? So what happens? Lord, forgive. Forgive me my mess-ups, my shortcomings. I let the spirit of stupid get on me again. But, Father, I, I thank you for that. And, Lord, I release. I release. All those and anybody, whatever. One time I'm praying, I'm praying for healing. And I, most of you know my testimony on that part, but I've got a mouth that's just giving me fits. And it's been hurting, and I've been standing on the promises, declaring the promises, and it never, it never went away. I was like, what is going on? I've, been, I've walked in divine health more, than, more times than I can count. I've prayed and got results. What's the problem? And the Spirit of God goes, you have ought in your heart. And I'm like, ought in my heart? You have unforgiveness in your heart. I'm thinking, well, I love everybody. And I was thinking of everybody I knew out here. Because and, and, I, I haven't lived out in Oregon about this time. I hadn't lived out here very long. And I'm thinking of everybody I knew out here. 
I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, and then I, I said, Lord, I don't even know who you're talking about. And all of a sudden, he told me. And I'm like, whoa, hold it just a minute. So all of a sudden now he's talking, and he kind of lists some. I go, okay, you're right. I, I didn't realize the list was that long, Lord. But anyway, so release, 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 release. Forgive her, forgive him, forgive her, forgive him, forgive him, forgive her. And then he mentioned another name. Like, Whoa, breaks. That's it. Gone too far. And for some odd reason, I think it was like his hand just lifted off me. And all of a sudden, I could feel my mouth just. And I'm thinking, I would sure love that to go away. And I remember just saying, Lord, what that person did to me wasn't right. And he said, I know. Well, they shouldn't have said that. I know that. They shouldn't have done that. I know that. It wasn't right. I know that. The ball's back in my court again. I was like, all right. I release him. If I was to see him again today, I'd have a smile on my face, and I'd pray for him. Instantly got healing in my mouth. Instantly. Instant. Listen. Instantly got healing in my mouth. It was the only thing holding it up. So it pays to hear from heaven. And it pays to forgive. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to forgive. Hallelujah. Be quick to repent and quick to forgive. I'm telling you, it works better. Let's go to the next verse. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power for, and the glory forever. Amen. I mean, leads us not in temptation. Well, how I many you know he's not going to lead you into the devil's hands? Come on now. Are you with me? In fact, uh, one translation, I think it's the Philip says it this way. Keep, he keeps us clear from temptation. Uh, there's other, trans, other verses here. Let's see, like... Uh, Psalms 91, verse 3, talks about he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. 2 Peter 2 talks about, uh, you know, that, um, well, in fact, put that out there. There we go. It says, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. But he knows how to deliver you out of temptation. I think there's even one in, like, Psalm 68 talks about he knows how to deliver his own. Okay, now the point he's trying to make is this, okay, the enemy's always setting out traps. So the Lord knows how to do, steer you. You don't have to fall into every trap that the enemy lays. You don't have to fall into every temptation that's out there. Now, you shouldn't cower to him either. But the bottom line is, you know, we have to understand that God a lot of times wants to steer you and direct you. Keep you clear from some of this mess. I felt like I lost a few of you on that one. But God, this is what he's talking about. Lord, guide me, direct me. It's all about direction. Lead me today. Direct me today. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, sometimes in these times is when he, he brings somebody else, might show their face in front of me and say, this, pray for these people today or, or call them today or, or whatever. I've, I've had times the Spirit of God said, go to Fred Myers. I very rarely says to go to Walmart. But he has. And I might argue with him on that one a little bit. But, but anyway, the point is this. No, sometimes he leads you and says, go here. Somebody says, oh, yeah. I've been led into Fred Myers and said, go down aisle seven or whatever aisle it was. And, I go, and I'm thinking, Lord, I, I'm a guy. I shouldn't be in this aisle. Go to that aisle. And all of a sudden, here comes somebody on a cart. Ha! They're looking at me. Oh, it's pastor. I can't run. I'm busted. I was praying for you this morning. Spirit of God told me, come and see you today. Because you won't come see me. It's happened. Praise the Lord for that. Yes, they're always grateful. Amen. You see them and talk them, get them through, whatever it is. Sometimes just a little, 
little shame issue, a guilt issue or something, you get past all that mess, there they go again. And all because you heard something or saw their face, God spoke something to your spirit while you were in prayer. Is anybody hearing me today? Somebody says, well, I know that works for Jesus. Well, Jesus said the same works that I do shall you do also. Well, how's that going to happen? Well, you're going to have to position yourself so he can do that for you. And I'm telling you, it's not that complicated. Just have some life about it. Just stay yourself, keep yourself a little bit focused. Free-flowing and faith-based. You start doing that, pretty soon prayer starts working. Pretty soon this is fun. I'm glad I prayed today. Somebody said, well, well, I've been praying for five minutes. I'm so bored, I can't even hardly stand it. You get a little bit of this going pretty soon. It's like, whoa, I went ten minutes today. Whoa! Hallelujah! Get a little more into it. Pretty soon it's like, my goodness, I'm getting up even earlier. Hallelujah! I didn't get much movement out of you on that one. But anyway, the point is, it's amazing. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm so grateful to have time in prayer. So grateful to be with my God. So grateful to commune with God. So grateful to have an ear to hear Him. Praise God. I'm grateful. Which brings me now to the next one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Every prayer, if you can start it and end it with the vertical. Amen. And you, if you make sure you do your business, take your business in the middle, that horizontal thing, taking dominion on earth. But if you keep this vertical thing going, amen, and all it's as easy as, as just honoring him and thanking him, for yours is the kingdom. It's, it's all you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Thank you for blessing our family and blessing our, our church and blessing our people. And thank you for what you're doing over here. Thank you for healing Shirley, praise God. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for showing yourself strong on her behalf. And, and Lord, doing glorious things for that brother. And that's just, Lord, I thank you. You're good. And you're good all the time, praise God. Now, I get it. I'm being a little boisterous and loud and sweaty. You may say, well, I ain't never going to do that. Well, you know, I'm not saying you have to do it like that but you can find your place come on that works for you and you can have amen uh you know uh a fervency about you you can have yourself stay keep yourself focused and free-flowing and faith-based if you don't like to get loud you don't have to get loud i'm not saying everybody has to be that way but i am saying this praise god there needs to be some of you in this thing and just sitting there thinking i'm thinking a prayer Ain't going to work. Now, I lost a few on that one. Come on, you're called it right here. This thing, use it. It's your weapon. Come on. You use it in prayer. You speak things, declare things, and stand on things, and declare your promise, and back the enemy up, and all those kind of things. Hallelujah. Give God thanks. Give God honor. Give God praise. And you'll find, praise God, you start getting results. Start getting answers. Start getting uh, led in triumph. Praise God. Walking free from temptation and, and sin and all that mess. Whew. Did you get something today? Give God praise. Come on. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory, or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.